Hey guys, welcome back to the D2D Buzz podcast where you can find all the news and updates surrounding the door-to-door industry. This week's episode is sponsored by Gabe Hamaday at Axex Financial, A-X-E-X Financial. If you feel like you pay too much in taxes, Gabe specializes in helping door-to-door reps save on their taxes and also maximize their investments. If you want to schedule a free one-on-one consultation to learn more, we'll put his link in the show notes. All right, guys, let's hop into the episode. We're just pumped today to have Tanner Huber on with us. Um, recently made the switch to V3. So, you know, we'll get into that. But, dude, Tanner, we're pumped to have you on today, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, man. Yeah, no, I'm stoked with everything that you're doing, too. You're killing it. Dude, I mean, we're, we're just excited. Like, what we're about to talk about today, I already know tons of good topics. You're the expert in, uh, you know, solar building teams so dude just give us a little intro about yourself on you know what what people that never heard of you should know about you man yeah yeah so um started solar back when i was 21 back in 2017 so this is going to be my seventh uh seventh summer selling solar um been doing it for a while now started the solar summer over at Enlight um six and a half years ago it was like the only solar specific summer program that was out there um, and then recently made the switch over to v3 there's obviously some reasons why that we'll talk about today but but dude, yeah i love it i've been selling a lot of solar um had a great time here at v3 um sold about 100 accounts you know 100 signed deals in the last nine weeks or so so just getting out oh. there with the boys grinding in the trenches but also building big teams big companies i mean uh, recruited over we had about 300 reps over at Enlight. Um, so grew uh, a big organization and doing it again. Dang, dude. Well, people might be thinking, dude, 100 deals. Yeah, right. But it's funny enough. I know the guys over at Seldrick and dude, so they have to um, check like compensation when you post compensation on there. And they're like, all of a sudden I went on there and like, dude, my seems way too high. They're like, they're like, no, dude, Tanner. He's legit. He sent it in. And so all you listening, it's like Tanner's the the real deal. He's not the guy that's going to say, oh, I did a hundred. Like he'll show you the results, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I like that. That was just a little plug that I got from those guys over there. That's um, cool. Yeah. They made me submit my 1099 to prove it. That's awesome. <laughs> dude, I know. Well, it's like, yeah, people are like, oh, I make X amount, but it's like, hey, let's, let's see it, dude. Let's see it. And after hearing that, I'm like, all right, Tanner, Tanner can be trusted. <laughs> uh, well, dude, we're super pumped. I know you're, you know, like I said, you're the expert. You've been doing solar for a long time. So, yeah, let's just start off with, yeah, let's start with, let's start off with the switch from Enlight to B3, dude. Just give us a little update on that. Yeah. So, um, you know, some things happened and, and there's some stuff I can't get into. Um, but started that company over there with a, a couple of partners on a handshake and then some things went, went uh, sideways. And, that's that happened, man. And I'm lucky to have learned a big lesson about trust and about getting things in writing and stuff at the early age of uh, 27, 28. <laughs> and so, um, but now, you know, I, I shopped around, went and talked to all the big players in the industry and found myself at B3 for a reason. So, um, you know, one big thing for me was I just see the industry kind of going and shifting in a different direction. I mean, in the past, there was lots of dealers, and that's kind of something I know we, we said we'd talk about is the dealer versus integrated model. Um, and that's kind of why I chose B3. So right now, when I was talking to a lot of different you know, companies recruiting me, they just sell solar 
for somebody, right? They, somebody installs it for them and then somebody finances it for them. And so there's a lot of parties involved, not a whole lot of value involved. Um, also, there's a lot of just pure sales companies out there. And I didn't want to just be another guy in a sales company. And so I went to a fully integrated company and just saw a lot more value, right? Where they install their own deals, they finance their own systems, they have their own sales team, their own operations, everything in-house. I kind of see the industry shifting that way. That's my perspective on things. Wow. No, I mean, it's true. Like you were saying, it happened in alarms, happened in pest. Mm-hmm. You know, we're starting to see it happen in solar, like just with the big merge with Lumio. Um, you know, now they're just all doing all the installations too. So you see a lot of reps going there. Three. Yeah. You see um, Legacy doing their thing. Legacy yeah. just started installing. Yeah, I mean, you got to do a certain amount of volume and a certain, you have to scale your company to a certain amount and, and really have typically pretty large investments and things to, to get that off the ground and make it happen. So there is, there's a large barrier to entry, I think, for dealers to get into installing and then into financing, right? Like it requires a lot of capital. Um, I think that the goal, the, the, you know, holy grail of every solar company is to get into financing like their own systems, like owning a PPA or owning a loan, uh, which is really rare, which you don't hear about hardly ever, other than maybe Sunrun, Sunoba, SunPower, you know, the big publicly traded ones. But um, so so if you can find a company that has that option, has access to those funds and the capital and that kind of roadmap where they want to head, that's a good place to get started for sure. And, you know, reps that are listening, why, why is that so good? And what, what are the benefits of going to the company that's integrated fully and just a dealer? Yeah. So I've been recruiting guys lately. <laughs> a lot of guys don't understand it because, dude, and, and you've been in door-to-door for a long time. Like You'll see the, the grass is greener where you water it, right? But also it's like guys will just chase greener grass. They'll, they'll go for it and be like, dude, I can get an extra $50 a kilowatt over there. You know, um, there's a company, I won't say names, but Fresno, who installs panels the next day. You know, and people are like, dude, I'm going to go, I'm going to go there where they get installs the next day. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. How, how sustainable is that? You know, um, and where will you be in a year? And yeah. so that's the thing is I, I've been recruiting people and I want to make a statement. Like I want to make sure everybody knows getting paid and getting installs should be a standard. Like if a company can just can pay you and install good for you, like good, that, that should be a bare minimum. Um, obviously if they can't do that, you shouldn't even consider them, but getting paid and getting installed, like that's any solar company, any marketing company, any dealer in anywhere. Right. And so you need to start considering everything in addition to that, you know, not just, Hey, they're going to get my panels on in a week or in a month or in even two months. Right. Like fine. If you're a good sales rep, that shouldn't matter as long as it's not too far out. Um, and then pay, obviously, as long as they're competitive, you're good. Um, because some people will pay the best, but you'll have the worst experience ever. Or some people will pay the least, but you might actually get a ton of installs. In. So who knows, right? And so you need to start looking at everything else that you can take into consideration about that company. And so, you know, the reason, and it's a plug for B3, but really anywhere, right? You want to look for the culture, the operations, the leadership, the growth, uh, their long-term plan. I'll be honest, way too many solar guys I talk to are like, dude, it's a gold rush. I'm, it's just a money grab. I'm getting in there as a money grab, but I'm just going to cash out in this next year and retire and get into real estate. 
are you kidding? Are you kidding? Like, do you think guys like, do you think guys like us want to retire at the age of 28? Like, no, dude, you want to build a massive behemoth of a sales organization or a solar company, something, right? That's just cranking out money for the future. And so why are you going somewhere for a money grab when you're going to have to find something two years later to satisfy those needs, right? To satisfy. Well, well dude, I was going to ask this. Is the reason why reps are saying that is because everyone's telling them, oh, solar's only a three to five year thing and then it's gone to, you know, then it's going to be a different. And I'm like, literally, there's millions of homes in yep. the U.S. that don't have solar yeah. and there's going to be new houses built and it's just like, it's just going to continue on. I mean, people's logic is like, oh, pest control. It's like, you can switch companies. Solar, you can't really switch companies. But dude, if you think about it, yeah, it might be a ways down the road, but it's like people are going to have to replace their panels 25 years, however many years down the road. We don't even know that, you know. Oh, so what, what's your advice to those reps that are saying that? I hear it all the time. Oh, and it's, it's usually the pest with no, you know, hit to the pest reps. Um, oh, well, it's, it's a recruiting tool. Yeah. It's a recruiting tool. They'll say, no, dude, you're going to go in an industry that's going to die out in a year. It's like, no, exactly. especially with the big news and the tax credits. It's like, no, no. Um, you know, I was reading Mike O'Donnell's book. This is a little off topic, but Mike O'Donnell, right? He was saying, he was like, look, he gave the example, uh, to, to, to cut it short, we are on the side of the government and the government and like big, you know, influential people, they kind of get what they want and they want renewable energy. <laughs> and so he made the comparison to tobacco back in his day. Like the government didn't want people to be smoking cigarettes anymore, right? So they slapped all these warnings on the boxes. People kept buying because they who cares about the warnings. And so people stopped finally smoking so much once they cranked it up to like $8 a pack. He said it went from 60 cents to like $8. And so he said the same thing's kind of happening right now with gas and with renewable energy, right? So they extended a subsidy for 10 years, making solar incredibly cheap. And then now they're cranking up gas prices and electric prices and things where it's like, hey, we want renewable energy. And so if you don't switch to renewable energy, we are going to make you pay for that, right? And so it's kind of like, hey, dude, we, we're on the good side of things right now. Like if the government wants, if, you know, the, that those people want renewable energy, that's fine by me. Like, let's go. And, and I mean, I like, um, I like the big players in the industry. I like their vision on it. Um, and, and your leaders, any company that you go to, the leaders should have a long-term vision on solar. If they tell you it's a gold rush, leave. Like totally leave because they also obviously have a short-term mentality about how they're treating you and how they're treating your company. So any leader that you go to should say, this is a multi, this is a trillion dollar industry of utilities, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you look at California, the most saturated market probably in the country, right? We are about like 10% market penetration, actually solar on rooftops, about 14 million uh, households, like actual homes in California and there's like 1.43 million installs. And so you're like a little over 10% market penetration. The next most saturated is either Texas or Florida. And you're like less than 1% of the homes in those markets. And so people who are saying it's like not a sustainable thing, like, dude, look at where we are and look how many more markets are opening up. Um, You know, if inflation just even continues at like 3%, uh, markets will open in two, three years and states like Kansas and Arkansas, you know, all these other places just start opening up because um, yeah, those are so- good places, by the way. I, I have buddies selling 
actually they're going to hate me for saying that, but those places, because <laughs> it's such a good market. In Arkansas? Uh, yeah, yeah, Arkansas. <laughs> I got buddies in Arkansas too. That's another place you got to be careful though. Man. When you're selling, you better make sure those tax credits work out for people. Cause... Yeah, well, I mean, yesterday, <laughs> anyways, we're kind of getting off topic, but this is good, good lead in too, is yesterday, you know, Brady, we had Brady Slack on uh, mm-hmm. the podcast. And anyways, we talk, we're talking about tax credits. And then um, we talked about how sales reps either blatantly or, you know, not they don't try to but they screw over homeowners because they're like oh yeah yeah just yeah the tax credit yep it, it works for you but in reality i think you said like 10 percent of homeowners actually get the tax credit yeah. so you know like you're saying states huh. like that it, it's only going to save them five bucks but with the tax credit but then it you know makes yeah it well, well it's very rare that homeowners will actually monetize the tax credit i think what he means like Everybody will, a lot of people get the tax credit over five years, 10 years, just takes them a long time, but to like monetize that tax credit in the first year and actually apply it to your solar, it's like, no, that's pretty rare. I mean, it's, it is. Dude, well, so with that, you know, let's go back to the chasing solar. Um, You know, what are your thoughts on, like you were saying, companies, hey, we're going to pay you 50 bucks more a kilowatt. Um, You know, what I've seen potentially is like, if a company can pay you a lot, like you were saying, you know, you got to look at their operations and where they're going because companies that are paying you a little lower doesn't mean they're trying to screw you all the time. It just means, hey, like we're running a sustainable business. This is what we can pay you, but we're going to, you know, install and pay you good. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, so that there's a whole can of worms I can open up on that. Uh, That's why so, I said that. I, yeah, you're totally yeah. good. So can't dealers, right? Dealers and installers, okay? Um, so sales and installers. We're not talking financing, but we're just talking about the sales team and the install team. There's, there's a conflict of interest typically because one just wants to make money and then one obviously, they both want to make money. And they want, one wants to get installs efficiently and be profitable and the other just wants to sell and get them up quickly. And so a lot of companies, um, I think, who was it that went out of business? Uh, you know, even Titan goes through these issues. There's a lot of big, you know, um, installers that go through these problems where a big sales organization will approach them and say, "Hey, open up a open up a warehouse in uh, Missouri. You know, we're going to do a ton of volume out there." And they're like, "Okay," and they'll go open up and invest a lot of money into operations there. And then the sales company comes out and says, "Ah, we don't like that market. Actually, we're not going to go out there." And then what does the install company do? They're screwed because they've got all of these overhead expenses. In a market where now they have zero volume and that sales company has no real commitment to them um, and all of a sudden they're they're negative there and that happens too many times like if, if a big sales partner just decides to switch their volume to somebody else for five cents more well then that that installer is left holding the bag for all of their costs right no all of their overhead expenses they don't have that volume to sustain what they're doing anymore they go out of business and so that's just it's just a competitive market where people can pop back and forth and there's no real integration and connection and stuff. So it's just hard, I think with dealers and, and installers, it's like you kind of push against each other. And eventually I was reading good to great. Eventually it's, it's the, I think it's the tyranny of the, or, or the greatness of the, and I forgot how they say it, but it's basically uh, eventually a company is going to figure out the, and they're going to say, we're going to sell and install and finance. It doesn't have to be either or, right? It could be, and, and the company that figures out the and and does it well is going to win. Like 
like if Sunrun right now, if Sunrun had one month installs and had a great sales, you know, they do have a great sales organization, but like they're winning, right? They're doing well. Obviously they can improve some things, but there's more space than just Sunrun, right? There's more space than just SunPower or something like that'd be massive. Um, and it and it won't come from just all these mini little mod pod dealers, right? I think there's going to be some companies like a Lumio or a Legacy or these other companies, right, that figure out the and. And they're going to say, hey, we are going to sell and we're going to install effectively and we're going to work together and we're going to finance our own systems and we're going to work together with one common goal and accomplish it rather than working with friction against each other as an installer, as a dealer, as a financer, stuff like that. And well, with that, with growing, usually what happens is the, the install times get pushed back. So, how, you know, what, what happens there? That's that's when you lose. That's not the end. That's the or, right? That's the or. That's saying we can install, um, we can install with high quality, and it'll be really slow, or we can install with low quality and be fast. It's like no. Can we do fast and quality? So the company who does it quickly with quality will win out again. So it's true. Like companies, when you go vertically integrated, get backed up. Um, but as long as you're all in the common goal to improve that and like not let that be the case, the company figures out will win, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying that vertically integrated companies won't get backed up because they will, but those companies will lose long-term. So the yeah. one figure out how to keep it quick and vertically integrated, that's the company that'll win. Well, if you think about it, yeah, there's the sales reps, they're not getting their jobs done fast. They're getting paid pure commissions, so they're gonna leave. The homeowners, you know, you got the permit po poachers, so if you aren't <laughs> installing fast, you know, that's going to happen. So, like, if you aren't installing fast, yeah, you're going to lose that way. Um, and, and it should that. actually, it should work better when you're vertically integrated, right? Because you're all on one team. So, like, you should be able to make your processes work more seamlessly together. Your sales force should be able to work and, and accommodate to your installers. For example, here at, uh, here at, at V3, we had a problem between signed to installed, right? And so it was like, hey, we're having this pretty gnarly cancellation rate of like 40 to 50%. And even though that's probably industry-wide pretty normal, we we're like, how do we get that to 20%? And so basically the installers pushed on us, like our install, you know, our operations crew pushed on us and said, hey, we want to firm up your sales and make them even more committed with like a hard cancellation date with certain things like, hey, you know, we're not going to even count this as a sold until, you know, a week after it's signed, verification call, pass the cancellation, date, all that. And we won't even really start, you know, pushing it through. And so as you work together, now all of a sudden we're at a 20% cancellation rate. And so we're more effective. We're more efficient. We're not clogged up in our permitting departments or in our site series or anything like that. Right. Um, so you should vertically integrated be able to work well together. And because again, in, in, um, a dealer model, you're you're pushing against each other because you want it one way, but the installer wants it another way. So yeah, no, dude, I I totally agree. Um, oh shoot, what was I gonna say? Um, dude, and I'll make a plug real quick while you're talking about that. But dude, it's so there's some revolutionary things going on over here. Like at V3, we're scheduling uh, installs as we sign them which is super cool. So about 30 days out, we're about 30 days on installs, which is great, which I think is just normal. Like that's legal. Like we're, yeah. we're getting permits, you know what I'm saying? We're doing everything the right way. So we schedule them for install as we sign. 
and we had like next day site surveys or same day site surveys. We're flying. We're building proposals in three minutes in the home, um, just streamlining lining everything. Because I think one day somebody will figure out two week installs, right, and do it correctly. And um, it's just all about improvement. Just finding the company that does it the best and and figures yeah. out how to do both. No, I mean that's what like over at Cube. That's what we're working with is like. You know, we have tons of like install companies just met messaging me every day because they you know, it's, it's all about the software too, where it's like like you were saying, sign the install if all of a sudden that there's a disconnect there, it's usually the software because you know, you can put different things in the software to say, Hey, let's firm up the sale, you know, so let's do a verification call. So you can't even like doesn't even count as sold because reps or work off of incentives. So it's like, mm-hmm. if you don't even get the number that pops up on the leaderboard until this, this, and this is done, oh, yeah. then it's like, okay, well, then I don't even care, you know, because reps are like, I just want that number. Oh, Sometimes, yeah. you know, some reps are like, they're just so driven. They're like, I don't even care if I get the commission. I just need to get the number so I don't look mm-hmm. bad. So, you know, that's what we're doing with all these installers to be like, hey, yeah, you can go and spend $2 million on building a software. Or it's like, yeah, we're just integrating the whole the whole process. So I see that too, you know, yeah. happening. I see the industry happening that way too. Well, dude, yeah, and V three, we don't we don't even count it as sold. So we have like pending and sold. So really, you sign everything pending. So I've I've had a hundred signed, right? I've had a hundred pendings, but they don't move to sold until like a week later. So we get their you know trued up design until everything comes through. They've passed like their cancellation period, everything, right? Then it's like. Okay, that's a sold deal. You know, like that's what we count. And so then that's when we start pushing through the funnel. But yeah, but, you know, I want to talk about a couple of things, like some things that I've noticed lately. So um, I transitioned from an owner of a company, right? Uh, and I came over to to build an awesome sales force here at V3, focus on a, a summer program for younger college students. Um, and and really actually I think that's your bread and butter, dude. That's my bread and butter, baby. I think it actually yeah. fixed the weaknesses that I that I saw and that uh I, you know, couldn't change where I was previously, but, um, I want to talk to guys about kind of getting their perspective and lifting their head up because I came in here and I said, Hey, I'm going to earn respect from the bottom. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to grind. I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell and everybody's going to know my name. Um, and that's just kind of how I want to do it. Right. Rather than just being like, Hey, this is Tanner. He's accomplished stuff elsewhere. You should listen to him. It's like, no, let me accomplish stuff here. Right. I just got promoted yesterday to assistant manager. <laughs> like, but it's like i'm going through the ranks like i'm supposed to you know and um but i'll I'll just you know throw out some advice to the guys out there listening it's like i when you're selling you have your head down you're in the trenches right you're with the boys you're in the trenches you're on the doors you're working every day and a lot of the vision of us salesmen um, and sales reps we think about the next sale we think about the next week we just think about maybe getting another lead and another deal right? Um, but we don't always pick up our perspective and think, what about like a year from now or two years or five years? Like, what do I want to accomplish? You know? And so um, I actually had a guy call me out. I, 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 uh, he's like an Airbnb investor out here in Sacramento, owns a mortgage company and all that stuff. So I, I offered to take him to lunch just to pick his brain. And he asked me, he said, hey, Tanner, do you think you're special because you can close a solar deal? <laughs> and I was like, uh, guess not. No, he's like, you're not. And then I was like, okay. And he's like, do you think you're special because you can, you know, 
knock a door and set an appointment? And I was like, no, dude, no, not at all. You know, he's like, yeah, you're not. Um, and a lot of us think we are really special because we can sell, which is good. And, you know, like selling a lot is an awesome talent, but it's replicable. And he said, he's like, are you working in your business? Or are you working on your business? Right. And so a lot of times I think as, as sales guys, we work in our business. Um, and sometimes, not all the time, you got to kind of step back and work on your business as well. And that's the recruiting side and that's building a team and, and all that. Um, and a lot of guys just don't do it well and they lose their teams and lose their guys. But, but it's true, like take yourself out of it, replicate yourself because closing a deal isn't a unique talent that only I have, you know, um, and setting a lead isn't my only talent. And so it's like, how good are you at replicating yourself and creating like more people that are able to do that? Well, how do you, so dude, I love that. And I think that's perfect for reps to know, but it's easy to do that in pets to say, Hey, work on your business, not in it because work in your business during the summer and then, then work on your business after. Like, I think if you're, you need to just be, you know, kind of like you said, the blinders on when the summer comes, just freaking get after it. In the off season, that's when it's time to say, hey, let's build. I mean, yeah, you still need to recruit, post, you know, build during as well, but more blinders. So in solar, you know, you're you're still doing the summer program at V3, like what you did at NLight. But what about the, the guys that are doing the year-long thing? Like, how do they switch between working in my business, working on it? You know, I feel like that's it's a balance that's hard. No one really It is a balance. It is a balance that's hard. And uh, I think a key factor there, though, is you never go all in on either one, which sounds lame because everybody will tell you, go all in, right? Go all in everywhere in your life. You go all in on work, right? But you can't go all in on your time on just selling or just managing, right? Because when you're just managing, people resent you because they say, oh, Austin's just sitting in the office, right? Just making calls and he never sells anything anymore. Like, dude, you think Casey Baugh and like, you know, these other guys, like you're just legends. You think that they were just like, nah, I'm off the doors. Like their third year, you know, I'm like, no, dude. Like they always went out there and threw down with their guys, but they found the balance. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the top producer because people understand you need balance. But when you are producing, it needs to be effective and you need to show people. Like you need to be a, a resource for people to go to and they need to trust like dude, Tanner will make my set and my clothes way better with just an hour of his time because he's the best. Right. Even though Tanner only did three this week or five this week, I, I understand because Tanner was he recruited four dudes and he's training, you know, he's running an organization, of 200 people, but he can still throw down. Right. So find a balance, um, but definitely just make each one effective. I mean, if you're doing a year round thing, like you still have to be putting up numbers, but you still have to be recruiting. You know, so it's, it's a tough balance for me. It's easier. I prefer a summer program because I have seasons I have seasons, and it's it's cut and dry. And so it's like, dude, summer, I'm just grinding with the boys. You know, we are training, we are selling, I'm closing for guys and self training, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, September hits and the pressure is relieved and I still sell, but it's like whole mindset shift. Let's, let's sell V3, right? I'm not selling solar. I'm selling V3. And I'm helping people find the best opportunity. And when you believe in it, right, it's a lot easier because I, I honestly wholeheartedly believe that. B three. They just they just raised a, a massive. I mean, I'm not, I don't know if I'm supposed to say, 
it's let's just call it 50 million for now. It could be maybe double that, but um, they just raised okay. a massive fund for to own their own PPAs, right? Um, so like they own their own PPAs and financing and do their own install. So anyways, it's just like you can shift in the off season in a summer program and just focus on recruiting. Yeah. Well, dude, I have so many buddies that do the, this is like their first year doing the all season long. You know, they come from alarms, test. Dude, they're burnt out. Like, because they're like, yeah, I'm going home. I'm coming home in a week. You know, I think it's a week. Yeah, a week, two weeks. And then, but in reality, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go on a two week blitz next month and then in the next month. And it's like, yeah, dude, like, solars, you can sell year round. So, like, still make money. But, dude, I totally agree that when you have that cutoff date, it's like, so much easier if you want to recruit dude if you're just a pure just you just want to go and sell different story but if you want to recruit and do you know manage i think there should be cutoffs um and i don't know i've always thought this but tell me your thoughts on this because some people are going to give you crap for what you just said <laughs> about about managing you know selling they're like oh no like you need to be good at everything i personally think there's like three different personalities in sales like door to door there's mm-hmm. a freaking sales rep that just loves to sell there's a recruiter and there's a manager dude rarely you're going to get someone that has all those tools and is able to do all of them really good mm-hmm. because and if you try and think you can do all of them that means that like your team isn't going to do as good because you're going to be out selling like crazy you're like yeah you're number one on the leaderboard but dude you're going to have your rookie reps that are struggling and they are like, Oh, I don't want to call him because he's out grinding. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, it is a balance and people are going to give you crap. You know, people are always talking about it, but I think that, you know, you need to separate it and say, yeah, I'll be a rep. But also I'll be a manager. Yeah. Well, the biggest tips for that. And I got flack for that when I first started, right? I, I didn't know I've learned a lot, but I was always really great at sales. And I think I'm a great leader when I focus on leadership, obviously it's wherever you put your focus. I think I'm a great recruiter when I focus on recruiting. And so it's more about time blocking, time management, things like that. But it's also about expectations. So when you're managing a team, if I set the expectation that I'm available all day, but I'm not, then they hate me for it. They're like, dude, you just said you were going to hold my hand and help me all summer. It's like, shoot, I'm sorry. I let you down on that expectation. But if I tell you, hey, dude, I'm available until 2 p.m. every day. You can call me, you can text me between the hours of 2 and 9 p.m. I will not be reached and I stick to that and it's true. It's okay because they understand that I'm not letting anybody, down, you know, um, and then I can really focus and time block, right? Okay. Between the hours of 10 AM and 2 PM, I run my training and I sit down with all my guys and do one-on-ones, and, you know, do this, do that. And then I go sell, right? Um, it's all about expectations and time. Yeah, that's, that is great advice right there. And so when reps are going through their recruiting meetings, meeting with different companies, how, you know, how, how should, what, like, what questions should they ask regarding that to their manager to say, Hey, how are you going to train me? You know, what are the expectations? But just, just take us through that. You know, what reps should be looking for? Yeah. Recruiting meetings. Because um, if the manager's like, Hey dude, I'm the best seller. You know, I'll help you recruit. I'll manage all day, but I'm going to be number one on the leaderboard. That's a red flag, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and because then they'll go to you and you'll be like, hey, yeah, I'll be, you know, from two to nine, I'm selling before that. I'll help you. And then 
it just sounds so much better with the other guy, but then you're going to get into the summer and you're going to be screwed. So yeah. Yeah. Just when it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, big thing I've learned in recruiting is like set accurate expectations. Like you want to, you want to sell the, your company. You're like, dude, we're awesome, but it still requires hard work. So if they don't, if they don't give you any of the downsides, that's a big red flag, right? It's like, if they don't ever set proper expectations of hard work, timing, expectations of like what needs to be accomplished by you and what type of input you have to do, then just ask those questions to say, Hey, like what's my earning potential? And they'll be like, Oh, like, you know, a million bucks. Great. Well, what do I have to do to get there? Right now, give me the breakdown and the steps and, and the resources you'll provide me to get there. Right. Um, so there's just a few key questions. Just make sure it doesn't sound too good to be true. And, and uh, ask, uh, dude, I made that mistake with a buddy. I hadn't go out and sell this year, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh yeah, dude, like with your skill set." And like, dude, I I wasn't gonna make anything on him. He was just yeah. like, "Hey, should I do solar?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, with your skill set, like I legit think you can make X amount." And I was like being serious, but the re- dude, I got caught up because he he's my same age. He's with all of our same friend group. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, you're, you know, you, but it's his first summer you selling, you know, at least a couple hundred grand, 250,000. Yeah, you know? yeah, dude. Okay. That, that's, that's the exact number that I told him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what everyone says. But in reality, I was like, Frick, dude, he's out there. And I'm like, yeah, he's made good money, but he's a rookie. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter how good you are. It, it's your first summer ever knocking doors. Like, you can't say, oh, yeah, dude, everyone's making 250K. You're going to go make it. Like, yeah, if you're like the top 1%, it's going to happen. But yeah. solar, you have to go through the seasons like everyone. It's oh, like, yeah. You're going to have to knock. You're going to get your teeth kicked in for a couple of weeks. You're going to learn, have ups and downs, roller coasters. And then, yeah, you, you know, you might, you might make six figures. I hope you do. But. Then the next year, it's like, dude, yeah, I know exactly what to do. Well, and then you just go. Well, a, a big mind shift for me too has been shifting away from the pure closer model, like self gen. So at at Enlight, we were purely you come out, you set your leads, you close them, right? I don't care if you're 18, I don't care if you've knocked doors for a long time or you never knocked a single door. And we just believe, hey, it's you know, you get the most money that way, right? You get the most money per deal that way right? For deal. Um, and so I've shifted my mindset where I'm like, no, there's certain people who are closers and certain people who are not, right? There's certain people who are talented at this and like really great salesmen and others who are not. It's okay. And th- for those who are not great at this, they probably shouldn't step into a home their first week and try to close a deal and ride it all the way through to install. Like that's a hard thing to accomplish, right? And so I've actually, I've actually pivoted and I believe pretty pretty heavily in a setter closer model now, you know. And I know a lot of the industry does that. And I always questioned it and thought, nah, they're just wanting to make money off of their setters. But no, if you structure it correctly, and we're doing fifty um, fifty, you know, if you go fifty yeah, fifty, you're not doing fifty fifty. I think I think you're crazy. That's just me saying. Yeah. people are going to get mad at that, but I think yeah. that's the only model that should work. Yeah, and we're going we're going sixty forty for like the, the summer guys first, like five ten deals something like. That. As they learn, yeah, I like that. That model from yeah. there out. And uh, but dude, yeah, 50 50 actually, dude, I think you're capturing a lot. Where I I really believe that my old rec- you know, guys I used to work with, you know, first year, 19 years old, 20 years old, I bet they got 10 solid leads over summer, right? Um, that I could have easily closed for them, but it wasn't me in that close, right? 
And so for the company, for them, for myself too, it would have all been better so that if I was closing those leads, but I wasn't. And so out of those 10, they got one where I probably could have gotten the nine or 10 of them, you know, of those solid leads, you know? And so um, that's a big thing too, is actually don't believe the the hype on self-gen if you're first year, you know, take, yeah. take master one part of it first, take four months and master setting um, and get really, really good at it because this is an industry that'll be around for a long time. So get really, really good at setting and you should feel super confident at the end of that first summer that I could replicate myself. I can train 10, 20 setters tomorrow to be the best setters in the world. And then they'll spend their four months mastering it while I'm then mastering closing the next year, right? And then you can get into and step into that space. So. Well, people are trying to skip the seasons, just like what you're saying. Like, I think this is in like um, uh, Stephen Covey's book or something. But basically, like, dude, you can't skip the season. Like, you know, you have to, like, you can't all of a sudden as a baby, like, <laughs> you can't all of a sudden be like, okay, you can walk. Like, you got to crawl and then walk. So it's like the same in solar. It's like, dude, I see so many people get so pissed when it's like, hey, you promised me I could self-gen two months or after I get five deals. And I'm like, I don't know about that model. You know, mm -hmm. I, if someone has that model and it works, you know, message me. Yeah. But it's like, I've seen that happen so much and people just get frustrated where you set the expectation and say, hey, just be a setter for the summer. Like, yeah, yeah and like, then you can potentially train them on self-training, but don't ever set that expectation at the beginning to say, you're setting. Because yeah. if someone tells you that in a recruiting meeting and they're like, hey, yeah, like everyone's just going to make you set, but they're just using you as a slave or something. It's like, no, dude, like that's better than you. When you go 50-50, it's actually a sweet deal, dude. You don't have yeah. to do all the headaches. And then, yeah. and then it, I think it's totally necessary to have like, you really want solid expectations again of people and like a roadmap, right, for their growth. So definitely paint the path. Like you're like, yeah, I mean, like one day you can be a closer. I'll, I'll be honest though with guys, like being a closer at 50-50 isn't all it cracked up. It's cracked up to be like, you should be making more than the setters, right? Like you should, uh, but it's stressful, man. Like I've, you know, if you, I've got, I know a guy right now, Ricardo Richie down in, in uh, SoCal. He's, he's got 350 deals in the pipeline from the year right now, right? And he's a closer. It's like, dude, managing, you know, he's got like maybe 75 of them installed already, 50, 100 installed. Managing 250 in your pipeline is like, the most stressful thing in the world. <laughs> you've got $2 million just waiting to get installed, you know? Um, and so sometimes being a setter and just letting it fly and you just keep ripping is, is a good way to go. But then also make sure your company has a path where it's like, hey, if you want to be a closer, I'm not here to hold you back. But I just want to make sure you're adequately equipped, you know? And so you have to meet these requirements. And if you meet those, go for it. Well, that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next is like, I see in solar a lot is, there's really no structure for growth. Um, and it's like, Pest, I guess, is the same way. And I just feel like that should be the new, like, horizon with door to door. It's like, hey, if your company doesn't have, like, a specific roadmap for you, like you were saying, not just a loose one to say, hey, like, because well, first of all, I'll say there's some companies that it's kind of like, they're kind of like robots. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's a super MLM, like, oh, you get this and this and this. Like, so you got to find the balance to be like, hey, here's our structure. You're going to start off as a setter. Yeah, once you hit you know, X amount and you want to become a closer, and, you know, here's the red lines. And, you know, my personal belief on is that red lines should be standardized, but some people might have different opinions on that. But 
anyways, so people just know, you know, you just work your way up. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm like, yeah, definitely need a clear vision for growth. Nobody's satisfied unless they know that they can grow, you know, myself included. When you get into a company, if it's just like, yeah, this is it. Just a manager, what would you need to do to get that? Right. Like, yeah, it, it, it's specific. I think everybody, every company should have a specific thing. And yeah. um, you know, to be an assistant manager, you and your downline have to do a consistent 25 deals a month. And technically I'm doing 25 deals a month. So that works. You know, <laughs> I've got a few recruits here. And so we're doing, you know, 40 deals a month. And um, that's, that's required. You have to hit it two months in a row. And then there's other requirements to become a manager. And then obviously a manager, you have to turn others into managers to become a regional. And then, but, um, you know, your company should have that vision for you. They should also have visions for like expansion, the country, the industry blowing up. Um, and so you should have something you're striving for, right? And that also helps you find your allocation of time between sales and working on your business. Because a lot of guys don't know what their business is. <laughs> They're like, what am I working on to, to get where, you know? And so if your company doesn't get, do a good job of, or your leadership doesn't do a good job of saying like, this is where we're trying to help you get, then you're not in a good spot. Everybody should have a goal of where they're trying to get so that they can grow. Because a lot of guys are just spinning their wheels, not getting anywhere, you know? Yeah, I mean, they got to listen to you, bro. You, you've done it, you know, you know. So, hey, if you're listening right now, take this advice, you yeah. kind of know. So dude, last two things. Um, first one is recruiting season's coming up. Mm -hmm. So reps potentially had an amazing summer. Cool, you had an amazing summer for your company so they can use this advice that you're about to give us. Yeah. But also more importantly for the reps that just went through some of their like, I don't know, I got a couple of deals. I didn't make that much money. I don't really believe in solar. Like, but it's like, let me look for a company, potentially go sell with them. What's your advice to those reps? Yeah, reach out to me, man. Now, uh, you know, <laughs> I've, been, I've been there, you know, my first two or three months, I, I tried to quit solar like twice. I never made any money for like three months, zero dollars. It takes a minute to click. But the solar industry is is amazing. It's huge. It's something you want to get in on. Um, you're going to be an extremely valuable asset to people in the future if you can like be one of the best solar salesmen. Um, and, and if you can be like a, a developer of teams and stuff, you're going to be a huge asset. Um, and then, you know, go out and find that company where you can put your roots down. Definitely in door to door. You don't want to be hopping around every year. Like there's a couple good. I think I, there's a couple good solar companies that I believe in. Um, one of them being V3. Um, but find a place that has a long-term mentality that's not a dealer. You know, don't find just the dealer. Find somebody who has control over their processes and their systems. Um, and then has like historical, like a good track record, right? They've been around. If you look on their Instagram, their first post was a month before you heard about, you know, you're like, oh, I just heard about them. And oh, they started a month ago. Don't go there. Just don't go there. Like they don't have it figured out yet. And they don't have to figure it out with you. There's plenty of opportunities. I went to V3 because... They've been around for a long time, but they they did installs for a long time. They've done financing for a long time. And actually, their sales department can do some work. And so I'm coming in to help um, blow up their sales department. So just because a company's been around for a long time doesn't mean there's not a lot of opportunity. So go find somewhere that's established and make a name for yourself. Again, Casey Baugh went to Vivint, and Vivint was pretty established. But guess, guess what? He made a name for himself, and he blew it up, and look where he is now. So just because a company's been around a few years doesn't mean you shouldn't hop in. doesn't mean there's lack of opportunity. But also, just because a company's been around for a month and you think there's a lot of opportunity there, it might not be your best choice to just hop into a new company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it depends on your risk risk tolerance. You know, it's like, 
I, I agree. Hey man, last thing, um, your recruiter, what's, what's the biggest recruiting tip for, for reps? Um, just really, really make sure you do, you take those short term sacrifices for long term gains, you know, um, you should always, it should always be a win-win for the people that you recruit. You should always see that person. You should, you know, see in your eyes what they're going to achieve in five, 10 years and help them get there. Even if it means not making money on them that first year, good money or something like that, put them in the most ideal situation to grow. Um, Cause then that's how you have a 300 man organization. I've seen a lot of my friends who I started door to door with. They're still in the same exact position. Meanwhile, I grew a 300 man company, you know, and so I just did it with a long-term mentality, built a lot of trust. I was really honest and, and just transparent with my guys and said, Hey, this is how it's going to be. And there was never one time that we went back on that word, on that promise to him, um, especially in pay, like be transparent, be taking care of your guys. So forego the short-term stuff to get that long-term trust and confidence relationship. It, you hit it right on right on the head, man. Transparent pay, bro. That's uh, that's my mission, door to door, and I think yeah, like what you just said, that's the most important. That's why you most people lose reps, yeah, because of that. So, well, dude, it's been a pleasure, man. You, thanks, seven Austin. years of solar door to door, just broken down into thirty minutes, forty minutes, however long, and dude, I think people, people. Just got so much knowledge from this with dealers, understanding pay, markets. Just we went through so much today and it was it was great, dude. So thanks for hopping on, dude. And uh yep, everyone will be seeing you awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, go follow me, T underscore H U B E S, T underscore Hubes. And uh hopefully I was able to provide a little bit of value today. So Yeah, thanks, man. All right. Thanks, man. Later, dude.